This has to be one of the most magnificent, remarkable, unthinkable turnarounds for a team within a season in college basketball history. Yes, I'm talking about UCLA, a team that started 1-3 and three in Pac-12 play. Their season seemingly headed the wrong direction, going to waste, only to find their way and now sitting alone pretty in first place by themselves in the standings. What an epic turnaround for this squad, a team that has now extended their winning streak to seven consecutive games. They have won 11 out of their last 13. They pulled off a home sweep last week with wins against Arizona State and Arizona. I was at the game on Thursday with that Jaime Jaquez last second three from the top of the key. And then the Bruins on Saturday needing a last-ditch effort to win at home against the Wildcats. Both of these games, UCLA having to come back in the second half, showing the tack, the audacity, and the fire, and the, what would you say, composure and poise to get the job done and continue to dazzle and build up the momentum that this team needs heading into postseason play. Welcome into Locked On Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I'm a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, a co-host for the Bruin Insider Show, which airs on the radio on Tuesdays in Los Angeles. I'm throwing out a question to you, the listeners here on Locked On Bruins, and that is, when did you become a believer in this team? You can always reach out to me and tell me. My Twitter is at Brian Fenley. That is Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y is my last name. Follow me, tweet at me. Would love to hear what you think because this thing that is being run by Mick Cronin, this rapid turnaround, at this point now, it seemingly has staying power. But when for you was the, the tipping point that said, you know what, this is not an anomaly, what he is doing is going to last. I want to hear from you. So again, my Twitter handle is at Brian Fenley. My email, LockedOnBruins at gmail.com. And please subscribe to the show. Thanks to all of you for making our last month numbers that were off the charts. Never felt and seen before on Locked On Bruins. Obviously, we have you to think. We have Mick Cronin and the winning ways of this basketball thing to, to also be grateful for. So again, please know how much you are appreciated and spread the word like I'm doing. Bruin affiliated folks, anybody that cares about what is going on in Westwood, make this your poly pavilion for Bruin sports podcasts. All right. So, so much to get to on this episode of Locked on Bruins. Obviously, we are going to focus in on what took place on Saturday at Poly Pavilion. The win against Arizona, how the Bruins were able to do it, how the Wildcats absolutely puked this game away at the end, because I was worried, I'm sure you were as well, watching this game, being down by four points with under three minutes to go. In fact, when it was a four-point deficit for the Bruins, I decided, you know what, I'm going to stop looking at the television. I'm very superstitious. Maybe you guys are as well. And when I came back, took my dog out, returned to the game, we were tied, 62-62. to 62. So I, I don't want to take too much credit, maybe just a little bit, for the Bruin comeback at the end there against Arizona. But, you know, I, I do have to say that I probably played a, a pretty big role in this win, unless I didn't. So, obviously, we'll, we'll recount and recap the game, how the Bruins got this thing done, star performers as well. Also want to point out, and this is something I brought up 
a couple days ago on the podcast in this narrative that is going around that a good UCLA team is what is best for the Pac-12 conference and actually benefits every team in the conference. I'm going to tell you why I believe that with some in-depth analysis and my theories that I think will resonate with you and understand more about what people are saying. When people you hear say, well, UCLA returning to its roots, being that well-established team that deserves national prominence, how does that affect and impact the other teams around it in the Pac-12? And they say it does. I'll tell you exactly why it will. And let's start, though, with this game on Saturday against Arizona. I was at the game on Thursday. What a game. And it was almost like, how can you top that? Yet Jaime Jaquez hit the top side three to win it at the buzzer for the Bruins. And then Chris Smith takes over down the stretch. But it wasn't just him. It was a guy in Tiger Campbell who missed his first 10 shots in this game against Arizona. And I'll tell you something about this. The difference between a guy that misses 10 shots, ends up hitting the game winner for UCLA, which Tiger Campbell did, is that in prior years, or even at the beginning of this year, the Bruins would let their poor play haunt them in future plays. So what is... I think symbolic or, or, or an analogy for this whole season and what's gone on is that you can have a player like Tiger Campbell struggle from the field, but have the resiliency and the self-confidence and the belief in oneself despite that adversity to find a way to make that shot, that critical shot off the window, driving to the basket, knowing how poorly he had played as far as an offensive perspective, to go 0 for 10 and then to have the bravery and the courage to still feel like, you know what, I still got one in me to make. You think at the beginning of this year, you think in the last couple of years before Mick Cronin came, that if a Bruin was playing that bad, that they would have any inner strength or confidence or mental fortitude to do what Tiger Campbell did, hit the game winner when he was a non-factor throughout the rest of the game but made the shot of his life or his career against Arizona? No way. But that resiliency, that ability to face adversity and not allow it to be the team's death sentence or in Tiger Campbell's case, not to allow an 0 for 10 start impact him and make him feel like he can't hit the game winner. This shows you just how much the morale of this team has changed. How everything about this team is all about mental strength and toughness. That was one of the big keys that Mick Cronin brought. That was his staple, and the guys are starting to show it. Look, as exciting as it was to win this game, I was really nervous down the stretch. You remember when the Bruins had a one-point deficit late in the second half, and they had several trips up the court, and they could not take the lead. And then to compound the problem, the Bruins give up two offensive rebounds. They allow Max Hazard to make a three ball, which if the guys listened to Locked On Bruins and my keys to the game, you remember I said you got to own the glass if you're UCLA. That's what we do here on Locked On Bruins. We spit the truth. Didn't happen on that sequence. Max Hazard makes the three, and now the Bruins are down by four. And now I'm getting pretty sweaty palms, and it's becoming 
like, should I leave the room? Is that the superstitious behavior that might help this team win? So shame on me for underestimating the playmaking ability of Chris Smith because this guy showed up when the Bruins desperately needed him and with a four-point deficit, he gets the ball, backs his way inside, gets the jump hook to fall, ties, or excuse me, makes it a two-point lead for Arizona. The Wildcats on the offensive end continue to puke away the ball. They turn it over relentlessly. The Bruins only had two turnovers in the second half. That is a, a, a game-changer right there that can't be forgotten when explaining how the Bruins won this game. So you're down by two now, UCLA with the basketball, and now it's Chris Smith once again. And I should not be surprised because this guy has such an ability to create his own shot. And this is why NBA scouts are salivating over this guy. He was able to hit this turnaround from the elbow, tie the game at 62. Arizona makes another mistake. They turn the ball over. One of their guys drives baseline, steps out of bounds. Bruins basketball all tied up. And then, as we mentioned, it was the Tiger Campbell show down the stretch. Also the play of Cody Riley. The guy made a plethora of free throws. What a luxury it is to have a big like Cody Riley do so well from the free throw line. Mick Cronin said after the game, nobody spends more time at the free throw line in practice than Cody Riley. And he has become... Such a better foul shooter because of it. Coming up next, all the different things that Arizona did to blow this game. I clearly stated before the Bruins-Wildcats game in one of my keys to the game that UCLA's defense had to find a way to bottle up Nico Mannion. He's such a good player, had been underperforming in a lot of the prior games coming in. Everybody has projected him as a first-round pick in the upcoming NBA draft if he does decide to forgo his last three years of college eligibility. But he had not been living up to the hype recently, and he was due for that breakout game. And it came against UCLA, and he was able to distribute the ball, find bigs inside, good spacing in, in the interior, as Arizona was able to dominate in the points in the paint. And thanks to Mannion locating his bigs. And then Mannion made a ton of tough shots. Some big threes. Got to the rim a little bit more with less resistance. And I was worried that we were going to be doomed because we couldn't stop him. But there was a choke job that took place here in the second half by Arizona. And I'll, I'll tell you where it started. I think that the Wildcats started to lose their grasp on this game when Sean Miller got ejected. Sean Miller picked up a technical foul in the first half, and it came when Cody O'Reilly blocked Nico Mannion. It was a clean block. It was an emphatic block, and all the video replay showed that it was clean, that there was no mean behavior to it. It was not a flagrant. It was not a foul. It was just a clean block. Sean Miller, who was 80 feet away, threw a childish temper tantrum because he thought, well, because of the way Mannion landed, it looked awkward. So it gave off the feeling that maybe it was a dirty play, but there was nothing dirty about it. But Sean, Man or Sean Miller, I should say, 
Sean Miller found that he had to lose his cool. And so he gets decked with a technical foul. Then he picks up another one in the second half, and he gets tossed with 13 minutes to go. It's the first sign that Arizona was headed the wrong direction. The second sign, I believe, was the foul trouble that Arizona got in. They're big inside, Najee. He gets into foul trouble. Then Gettings gets into foul trouble. And now you have a humongous discrepancy between fouls on either team. And here's where the Bruins took advantage. They were able to, you see all the turnovers that the Bruins defense created at the end? It was because they had fouls to give. And they were not worried that if they picked up a foul and were too aggressive and they reached in or went over the back, that they would send the Wildcats to the foul line, whatever it was, a foul. Now, the Wildcats were playing more passively on the defensive end because they were in foul trouble and the Bruins were in the bonus. That stark contrast right there played a tremendous role in the Bruins coming back. There was that. That was humongous. And then for this Arizona team to go and force Tiger Campbell to go 0 for 10 from the field, they could not get him to go 0 for 11. That was it. You forced him to miss his first 10 shots, but you couldn't allow him to go 0 for 11. And what made him 1 for 11, that one make, was all the difference in the game. That was all the difference in the game. And UCLA's defense put a stranglehold on Arizona the last 10 minutes of the second half. And that was it. The Bruins got the job done, and it was a thrilling comeback. Coming up next, the narrative you hear now with UCLA becoming a more prominent player in the Pac-12 is that their resurgence has a positive impact on the rest of the conference, the rest of the teams in the conference. I will tell you where that thought process comes from. As you gain a heightened awareness of this Bruin basketball team, you want to see what everybody's saying about this club from on blogs or you have message boards on Twitter, on radio, television, newspapers. You will see a constant theme. It's going to be Bruin hoops playing really good, getting back to relevancy is exactly what's going to help the Pac-12 Conference and its other teams in a positive way. So with that said, how does the Bruins playing really well help Oregon State as a basketball team play better? There's an example. Here's how it all works out. Now stay with me here as I start to describe this because I'm going to bring in a real-life example. What is entertainment? Entertainment is, for me, it's watching college basketball. It's also watching movies. What kind of movies dominate the theaters right now? Because they think that they can create the most profit, the most demand. It's remakes of old movies that were already done, or it's a movie that made a ton of cash, and now they just want to make a sequel. So there's a love affair for what's already been accomplished to bring back people love it's something about the human mind they like brands that have already been established they flock to them new you know new movies are actually old movies the remakes people love that stuff it's like watching college basketball it's 
people flock to the old brands. What's the old brands? It's the Blue Bloods. It's UCLA. It's Kentucky. It's all of those schools. And I know there are more on that list, And but you get the point. People will gravitate to watch those schools when, or watch college basketball, I should say more, when those said schools are playing well. Because they have been more or less dominating college basketball in one way or another for so many years. It's the titans in the sport. That is what moves the needle. So when people say, oh, you know, the Pac-12 doesn't really get a lot of attention because there's all these people on the East Coast and those games are on late and so they miss it. No, the Pac-12 is not getting attention because they don't have any really good teams that move the needle and that are must-see TV. If a team in the Pac-12 is must-see TV, you are going to carve out time in your schedule wherever you are to watch their game. And that's the problem with the Pac-12 in basketball. You could even say for football, too, the last couple of years. Is there's not been that team that's moved the needle. USC football has been down. When you think of Pac-12 football, the first thing you think about is probably over the years, USC football. But they're not playing well the last couple of years. And it's taken a lot of people's attention away from the conference. If USC football plays better and it pains me to say this but that does a lot of good for the conference as well just like UCLA basketball does a whole lot for the basketball teams more people will gravitate towards UCLA watching them from a national audience and then that's the other point I wanted to bring out the final point here it's you come to a grocery store and have you ever gone to a grocery store and you say you know I'm going to go in there I got one thing to get I'm going to get a carton of milk and that is it I promise I'm not going yeah, yeah, right. You, you want us to believe you that you're only going to come out with one thing when you go to the grocery store. It, it, it rarely ever happens. So here's, here's, here's the, how this translates to, to the whole UCLA phenomenon. It's you go in and you say, oh, wow, UCLA's playing really well. Well, who's on their schedule? Who do they play in the Pac-12? What is the Pac-12 conference like? So you go into it from a, a consumer, a college basketball consumer, thinking about UCLA, but you come out looking at all the other schools in their conference. So you're not just giving the Bruins more attention. You're, 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 getting, you're giving the other schools around them more attention. That's the power of when a blue blood returns to dominance. It has effects to everybody else in the, the conference. More attention, more national TV time, that means more recruits want to play in that conference. If they can't play on UCLA, they want to play on a team that gets to play UCLA. And so more top-notch recruits will sign up with the Pac-12. Appreciate y'all checking out this episode of Locked on Bruins. Plenty to come tomorrow, including more on the reaction to the player post-game comments after the win against Arizona. I'm Brian Fenley.